Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we're going to talk about storytelling, what makes good storytelling and bad storytelling, and what stories are worth telling. Yeah, so grab your mug. And let's get talking! <laughs> <laughs> So everyone, this is my fiance Isabel Webb, and we are having her as a guest. She is a book talker. Book talker. That's a weird, weird verbiage, book but talker. it is what book talker. Hi, book talker. Book talker. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Um, yes. Yeah, so I do. I post videos daily, mostly daily, on Book Talk, just talking about books, reviewing books, hauling books, recommending books, not recommending books. Um, <laughs> anything everything that's the bad storytelling um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i i obviously read profusely i am a huge ingester of stories i guess you could say although it's kind of gross i but... ingest books <laughs> <laughs> i mean you do read them pretty quick yeah, so i, I guess you ingest them quick. that must be how I you do, do it so what have you eaten today 400 uh, pages thank you <laughs> and a granola bar <laughs> and since we're talking about storytelling today we figured that who better to talk about stories and structure than someone who ingests Just story structures <laughs> <all> constantly? <laughs> You'll have to put that in your TikTok uh, yeah, description. Like, now. Like, I ingest an, an ingester of stories. <laughs> You've heard of investors. Um, well, get ready for it. <laughs> investors when we... Hey, this podcast exactly. needs some ingesters. Who wants to mm. join That's us? true. So, speaking of... <laughs> Um, if you've listened to our first two episodes, we uh, first had two wonderful blends from a coffee company called Carver Coffee. And if you want to check them out, you can check them out at carvercoffee.com with our affiliate link, which is carvercoffee.com slash the artist blend. It's right? numbers and letters, just... I think. Okay, great. So we'll put it in the <laughs> show notes. But the, also there's a coupon code that you great. can get. Um, it's the artist's blend. Um, and you'll get 10% off, which Ooh. is great. Who doesn't want 10% off coffee? Yes. Uh, today's coffee, me. though, is... <coughs> I'm, I'm going to crinkle it. Oh, the ASMR. ASMR. Uh, it's are you, it's are you blue listening? bottle coffee. Are you, wait, what did you say? I said, are, you, are you listening? Are, are you ready? <laughs> Not anymore. new click. career. <laughs> um, but it's blue bottle coffee. It's their bold blend. Um, it's... I won't say anything yet. It, good vibes, we'll, though. We'll get, we'll get good, good vibes, vibes so far. We'll get there so. at the end. We'll talk yeah. about it. Um, it's all good. So yeah. we each have our own little approach, uh, a little argument, I guess, if you will, about storytelling that we each have to talk. Um, Austin, do you want to go? Sure, I can. Um, cool. So for those of us who can't see what I'm looking at, because uh, all three of us can, we'll put it in the show notes. This is a little graph picture uh, diagram that I found on the National Geographic, yeah, nationalgeographic.org, and it's the elements of storytelling. So I found this interesting because all three of us are actors, performers, writers, directors, however you want to classify us, and within that, we have a, a decent grasp of what storytelling is. We're not as experts, but um, for those who, who don't, this is a good avenue to basically say, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. Um, but it says all good stories and images, yeah, and images start with an idea. And the first question you ask is, what is your question? Uh, is something happening to your community that needs awareness? I think this is actually talking about like um, communi communal needs of storytelling. Like if, if there's a need, if, mm. 
you need to get the word out about something. This is that kind of storytelling, but it can kind of uh, go into any, any storytelling really, if you think about it. Uh, Is there an issue? This one attains more to theatrical or books. It's like, is there an issue or an event that needs to the story told? Um, Big picture. Yeah. The big picture of it all. And um, use your question as a starting point to give focus and structure to your story, which I've found kind of interesting. It's sort sort of scientific. And the second one is acquire information and analyze data or data for whoever wants to say it either way. (laughs) Um, And it says that it's essential to educate yourself on your subject, which yes, it is. Um, It's so interesting that already like the first two big things are so intellectual yeah. Um, but I mean, it is talking about whether it's for films or books or um, interviews or whatever it is, docu- yeah. uh, documentaries. Um, it's interesting that it's, it's crazy. Think about it. Even such, with like, I was not expecting this. No. Even with it's like so interesting. Fiction. Like if you're setting your story in a real place, you have to do research on that place. You have to do research yeah. on the culture. You have to do research mm-hmm. on things that you wouldn't expect. Unless you're J.R.R. Tolkien, who just creates his own. Yeah. But <laughs> you yeah. Can do that. <laughs> no, I don't like research. Let me just spend hours and hours creating my own world. Thank That's you. I would do. Where is he? He's looking at a tree. It's fine. <laughs> then it says just like do interviews, do as much research as you can, visit libraries, um, review compelling visuals such as photographs and films. I would also say talking to people who might be a a little bit more of an expert in the field, Um, especially when it comes to like stage adaptations. If you're writing a story about a character, for example, who you don't know anything about, whether that they have a disability, whether they have a disease, whether they have anxiety or anything like that. If you don't suffer or have any of those, you don't need to write about it without consulting mm. and doing as much research as you can so you can honor um, yeah, the the respect with it. Like the argument um, of like whose, whose story is it to be told? Correct. Who has mm. the right to tell the story, which I think we're mm. becoming more aware of. I, I hope. That's my progress. hope, and yeah. I see it more and more, but... Especially mm-hmm. on book talk, that's a big conversation on book talk is like, is it okay for these people to be telling these stories? Is it okay mm. for us to read stories like, let's say, for example, like, is it okay for us to read stories about black people by a white author? Like, these conversations are happening. Yeah. And it's, like, it's yeah. very, very interesting. It it's is. It's a very prominent yeah. topic. On and Netflix. it's the same conversations happening in the theater world. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, you have <laughs> Ragtime, which was Flirty and Aaron's to, to white people who yep. wrote the story about culture and oppression and... Mm-hmm. and it, yeah, so... And that's happening all over. Like, Color Purple, when it was on Broadway, it was produced yeah. by... Uh, directed by a white man and and mm-hmm. it was wonderfully done but then mm-hmm. just it's such a weird like fine line that you have to yeah. i like that we're having these conversations though it's true it's really cool. um, in, in all industries which i wasn't aware of that book talk exactly is also, yeah. specifically uh, tiktok book world yeah. Yeah. Conversation. not the book world at large just no, 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 just, yes. um, but just isabel's example, followers just, yes, just just hers but for her for her followers or future followers isabel's actually doing a uh, challenge this month where she does a tbr two be read um and she is reading nothing but either black stories or stories by black authors for black history month and i think that's yeah. really really honorable and i love it so that's good cool job. Love um, that. i love her anyways <laughs> um to number three it's uh as you shape and direct your story to be finished to a finished form uh do not be surprised if new questions arise and build on your story which i mm. when i uh, i skimmed this before i sent it to anybody I, I was like, hmm, I never thought about that. But even even within that, 
as you said, very intellectually looking at it this way, you're going to get more questions. You're going to be like, wait, I didn't even think think or consider that, but I've yeah. got to cover it now. Um, <laughs> and then organize your thoughts and information. As someone who has OCD, that is horrifying. <laughs> As someone who's type B, that is horrifying. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> As someone who's type A, I love it. I... <laughs> All three. All three, the, the triangle. triangle. <laughs> yes. And we were formed. No. Um, and then it's uh, knowing ahead of time what you need to do for your project means a smoother creative process. And I mm. think that sh that almost could be put at number one as a warning necessary. It's like, hey, you need you need to be aware. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen, but yeah. Um, to, to comment on that in particular, I love that statement because um, in directing courses that I've taken and also some books that I've read on directing, mm -hmm. um, there's this uh, this rule, which is that you will never know how to correctly direct something until it's opened. You're never going to know. D directing for the stage or I guess for film too, it could qualify. Like you're never going to know Any how to do it perfectly yes. until it's done. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, yes, it's good to try and perceive ahead of time what you need to mm -hmm. do to ensure a smooth process. But every creative process is going to have bumps because we can't we can't know how to direct it well or how to write nope. it well or how to perform it well until we're, we're in it. We're it's doing true. it. It's true. And so I, I, I love that it's saying that like, hey, the, the smoother the, the more, you know, ahead of time and the more you prep, yes, it's going to be smoother. But also I feel like it's important to note that it will never be completely smooth. It's never going to nope. be um, a freshly paved road. It's always yep. going to be chunky. Yeah. <laughs> chunky. Ooh, chunky. It's going to be I chunky. <laughs> um, we all three took the uh, same beginning directing class. And I, I was on, in my time there, that was the only class that I was able to do. But I love directing. Um, I, it just something about it clicks in my mind, but also I'm still a beginner. But um, what I loved is I, this is a side note, I had uh, got a hat for myself. And what I really loved about the book that you're referencing, Easton, is there's a point in it when it says you don't have full control. You may be mm. the director, but you don't have full control. And I loved yeah. that. that so, um, so I yeah. treated myself to a hat. It's a Mickey Mouse hat. And I wear it when I'm only directing because I Aww. like to I like to be, okay, this is my director's hat. That I mean, when I'm wearing it, that's what it is. And yeah. I can take it off and be myself. But what's oh, funny cool. is when I bought the hat, it doesn't stay tight. Like it never stays tight. So it's constantly <laughs> reminding me that I'm not in control. Like, because mm. I'm having to shift it. I'm having to like move it around and things that's like that. So and I'm cool. like, why? This why? is true. Like he said this when he bought it. Like he's not was, just like, oh, like this <laughs> no, I was like, this yeah. is crazy. I love it. Yeah. But anyways, number four, it says rev uh, embrace revisions. Mm. You're going to rewrite. You're going to redo. That is also so true for every aspect of art. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, as some, I just directed a play and speaking of directing and I had it exactly how I wanted it, planned out my script. And then when we got to reviewing, I was, I mean, we were, you know, we were making revisions. We were changing things based on who was there that day or what works on the set and what doesn't. And it was really stressful at first to change what I had really thoroughly planned out. But, mm -hmm. you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Revisions are life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's see. Uh, rarely does someone get his or her story completely right at the first time around. And sometimes a story may, be, uh, may head in a new direction that is even better. Hmm, I like that. Revisions help to fine-tune and add polish to your final product. Uh, when revising, be sure to keep the focus on the main point you're trying to make 
and stick to a schedule so you don't end up hmm. lingering. No, tinkering, tinkering forever. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an L. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, there's no telling how many shows even, I mean, to turn to Broadway, for example, there's no telling how many shows that are on the stage now, how long they were in workshops, how long they got rewritten, how long yeah. the revision process was, the very beginning, yeah. which is interesting because I don't, I don't think that's ever talked about necessarily. Yeah. And hmm. what, another big aspect of that is, again, staying in the world of theater mm. is, um, taking shows from New York to tour or licensing mm -hmm. like things can like Shrek has completely different songs. Um, mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. doing a production of Adam's family right now in Orlando and the, the entire plot changed. They oh, had really? multiple songs that were taken out new songs that were written or I guess put back in that Andrew Lippa had already written, but they didn't make yeah. it. Um, but the, the motivations for characters are completely different. Um, <laughs> on Broadway, it's all about, um, Morticia feeling old and that she's not desirable anymore and Gomez yeah. is trying to convince her that she is mm -hmm. while also dealing with everything else but in the licensed version it's all about keeping secrets and how Morticia knows that Gomez is hiding something and she keep, won't stand for that and that's her and then he lied ah and then that's her crisis moment later on but both it totally work. changes yeah yeah, I like it and both re revisions are constant yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also the the opening number was completely different in Chicago. It was um oh, yeah, it was yeah, called Clandango right, right. and it was like this dance <laughs> to celebrate Wednesday's turning 18 and like she's a woman now and that started the show versus when you're in Adams which is what was uh, opened uh -huh. in New York and is still yes. licensed. So it's like it's always changing. Always wow. even even once the show like opens or even once the film is uh, playing yeah. and I and guess even you can, if shows like, go closes. back and they, they just reopen yeah. it. I remember yeah. when I went to see Mean Girls on the tour, I was like, what are the words? These are not, what What are these words? But yeah. I mean, a lot of them were for the better, but it was, it's so funny to well, like, you know, experience to, that. To, we'll wrap up because there's only one more uh, point on here. But for example, with uh, books to movies, which is on an upcoming episode of like books, movies and musicals, people see movies all the time and they're like, it didn't follow the book's plot. I'm like, okay, well, it, I know you do. It's okay. <laughs> um, and it's it's just the difference. It's a revision because it's yeah. by two different artists. It's a different medium. Mm -hmm. It's a different medium and everything. Yeah. So, so some things have to change. Yeah. Not, a, not everything should all the time. No. no. Sometimes people go too far, I think. But yeah, like some, some things okay. have to change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the last point is number five, take action. Who needs to see your story? Consider your audience when coming up with a, a presentation mm -hmm. strategy, which is, is nice because... I mean, even with this podcast, we, we sat down and had to consider who who we want to reach. And um, with movies, you, you have to rate it to a certain um, demographic. You have to uh, have it available to all ages or certain ages or no ages or whatever kind of film it is. <clears throat> with books, mm -hmm. it has to do with the genre, not yeah, necessarily. There's like YA, which is young adult. There's new adult now, which is a new genre, which is kind of like college age. It's usually a little more kind of like not safe for work. Spicy. Um, yeah, spicy books. There's adult, <laughs> there's middle grade, children's. And people of all ages read all genres. Like whether children should be reading adult books, they do. <laughs> Adults read children's books. It's, you know, it's all over the place. But you do have to know what your main audience yeah. is. Yeah, I like that. I mean, with shows on the in theater, you have to too. It's also important to 
like who you want to hear this message, but who the message may be for as well. Yeah, uh, you have to take into consideration. But that's the points on this graph. If anybody wants to uh, look at it again, it'll be in the show notes. Um, I found it interesting, and it, yeah. it really opened, I think, all of our minds to being like, yeah, it is that way. We didn't. Yeah. We don't think of the step by step by step process all the time. Mm-mm. I mean, no. it's just like. Uh, <laughs> I read an article one time that it was like, if you had to describe how to get out of bed, you you might be like, I don't do that every morning, but you do. It's like you open your eyes, you sit up, you, you scroll your down. phone, you turn your legs off of the side of the bed, you stand up, you walk yeah. over. It's like step by step, you're like, this is a daunting, but there it is. So, <laughs> Two um, final thoughts on, on this yes, graphic. One is that, oh, can you hear that? Barely, like, barely. Sorry, everybody. It's like a nice the pressure cord. washing the street. <laughs> it's like a nice chord. It shows it's right now to start. Music Great. of the world. <laughs> Great. Love it. Um, one is that all of these things can and will be out of order. And True. that like there is no direct path. And mm-hmm. don't ever feel like you're stuck following a certain path. Because yeah. you'll jump around and go back oh, yeah. to other things and start somewhere else. And the other thing is that I disagree with number one starting with a question mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. if that's specifically for crafting like writing a story in a in certain medium but for for performers we always go back to objectives and wants and what we need the character as the mm-hmm. character and i but i feel like all good stories start that way like in our a playwriting class that i took in a, in a book it all started mm-hmm. with what is uh who wants what Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has to be the structure or that's the beginning of any story is somebody has to want something. So starting there and then I feel like a question will arise once you, mm. once you craft the story of um, like, for example, in, in the book, uh, it was oh, I can't remember. I'll I'll put it in the show notes what book this was on for playwriting because um, I don't want to take someone's stuff. But it was like it was Mike and Joe and Mike mm. wanted a glass of water. That's the one. But Joe also wanted that same glass of water. That's the conflict. And so mm-hmm. then you explore from there, how does he get there? What tactics did they use to convince mm-hmm. the other one to let them have the water, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then the question that could arise is, what is thirst? Why, mm. why do we thirst? Why do we have yeah. to thirst? You yeah. know, and true. obviously that's a super simplified concept, but putting, if you blare that out into some mass incredible story, that question can arise from any good story. So I think that's something yep. to think about too, is that it doesn't have to start necessarily with a question. It can just mm-hmm. be uh, the idea. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be a want or a on, need. on your point of that in you talking about it, I looked at question one and on this chart, there's a, uh, um, the line above says all good stories and images start with an idea and mm-hmm. ideas in bold. Yeah, that should be. I agree with you. That should have yeah. been number one. Not yeah. what is your question? What is your idea? Like, because yeah. you could have an idea and then want to take action, and then you find questions along the mm-hmm. way. You get data. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I feel like when you start with a question, it also kind of makes your process muddy if you're starting mm, off with yeah. like a a wonky foundation. Yeah, I feel you that. Know? Mm. <clears throat> makes sense. Instead of a solid idea, like this is. I know this is what I want to write or perform, or you know. This is what I, I know I want my idea to be. And then you can build off of that. And have Makes questions sense. Off Makes of sense. That. Yeah. What a beautiful segue into Isabel's portion of yeah. talking about storytelling. So take it away. Hun. Okay. I don't book have expert. a graph. <laughs> the book expert. I feel like um, when I'm reading or seeing a play or doing a play, um, my main goal is to feel empathy 
Like, I, I feel like when I'm digesting a story, I want to feel for the characters, whether that's positive or negative. But I also want to, I want to find a way to connect with them. Even if I really don't like the character, like, I feel like good storytelling to me is making me feel for at least one or two of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love stories, especially, that make you feel for the villain. Like... Thanos in Marvel like I I love feeling for someone that yeah. I have just despised the whole story <laughs> yeah. and feeling that Severus like, Snape yeah yes, yes. like Ugh. feeling the humanness in them and like understanding that you know being able to feel empathy for we have no people. empathy for Umbridge no no none at all none at all I mean maybe she takes care of her cats no not even she puts them in <laughs> dishes yeah, her cats deserve better I will yeah, take true. them they for do. her they sure do <gasps> yeah. I um, want a wall like that with cats on dishes <gasps> yes give me a wall we'll of cat happen. dishes please. we'll make it happen yeah, um, yeah. But we'll go thrifting <laughs> that's fun. what that's what in just a general sense good storytelling is to me is mm. making me feel for the characters yeah. um mm. And you were talking about how we're talking about good storytelling versus bad storytelling. When I think of books and bad storytelling, I get really frustrated when there's plot holes. Mm. I'm a very mathematical thinker. So if I'm like, this doesn't make sense or, you know, it, it, what used to bother me is typos. But then I was I was knowledged. <laughs> I was taught that that's not the author's fault. It's the editor's fault. So I stopped taking off star ratings for that because that's not fair to the author. <laughs> um, but I did. There was to, a I typo. If three there were, like, three or more type. No, I literally used to do that because that's how like, you know, <laughs> analytical I am. But if, there, <laughs> if there's a plot hole or if something doesn't make sense, or I'm like, you said they were sitting on the right side of the table and now it sounds like they're sitting on the left side. That's when I start getting, taking myself out of the story. And so yeah. bad storytelling for me is just generally like um, a weak plot and not a a good sense of what you were writing about, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of goes back to the graph is if if they haven't done their, taken their time and done their research, you can tell when a book was written very quickly or where there wasn't a lot of time and thought put into it. And I can still be entertained by it and still enjoy myself, but that doesn't feel like good storytelling to me. Mm. You've also talked about, um, because she's constantly telling me about the books that she reads and I love it. because even even in her telling me, I don't get ruined. The story doesn't get ruined. I don't spoil you. Yeah, you don't spoil it easily or usually. Um, <laughs> but you talk about sometimes with um, the voice, mm-hmm. the, like the narrator of the book, not necessarily if it was an audiobook or anything like that, but the author's voice. Yeah. You talk about that playing an important role often. Yes. And sometimes you're like, mm. I don't like this book because I don't like the don't author's like the voice. Like, I don't like the what I hear Speaking in my head. Of, so I just read The Catcher in the Rye, which is a classic. And I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about that book. And I very much disliked it. But it wasn't because of the narrator's voice. I, I kind of loved his kind of cynical, but also just very, like, relatable voice. Mm. But it was... Well, first of all, it's a very problematic book, which is why I read it so low. But also, I just, um, a lot of the time, I would love the way he talks, but what he talked about, I didn't like. So sometimes it depends not just on if I like the narrator, but it also depends on what they're saying. And, you know, yeah. 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 It's an example of that. Yeah. Because I feel like audiobooks give me a whole different perspective of a story because it's, mm. there's just something different about reading it in your own head and hearing someone else say it sorry um, <laughs> yeah I mean, it hey. just um the, even like intonation and like tone of voice can change 
the way you perceive a story completely. Yeah. A lot of people will say, especially on Book Talk, like, I loved this book, but I hated the audiobook. Or, I loved the audiobook, but I didn't, I picked up the book and I didn't really like it as yeah. much. So, yeah. I, I feel like it's similar to reading the book or watching the movie. You have certain things mm-hmm. told to you and dictated to you versus mm-hmm. complete imagination based on the words on the page. And I feel like audiobooks are like a mini version of that. Like, they're dictating yeah. what things should sound like and what yeah. things should feel like. Um, based on the, the tone of their voice and, yep. and what mood they create. and I was, I was yeah. going to say that because some people could be excellent readers, but they may have too high a voice and people are like, no, it's too shrill. I don't want to listen to that. Or yeah. It's yeah. off-putting or they, enough. They have yeah. the wrong like um, idea of the character or they're putting the wrong yeah. mm-hmm. like emphasis even on certain mm-hmm. things. And certain or if it's like story. a multi-character story, every character has the same voice. Mm-hmm. So the reader yeah. or listener oh. gets confused of who's yeah. talking. Yeah. So, and, okay. so yeah. this is like literal storytelling, like how mm-hmm. you actually yeah. vo- tell out yeah. loud a story. <laughs> exactly. I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple months ago and it looked fascinating to me i was so excited i started Mm -hmm. listening to it and i was like i cannot stand this lady's voice just it was like (laughs) yeah she's she's a great writer she she wrote these wonderful stories and really cool things and but first off just like the tone of her voice was just so i I don't have anything against like shrill i can do shrill Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. like give me bernadette peters all day (laughs) but it was just something about like where she was resonating was just like grating against Mm -hmm. my soul i don't know and then, but also, the, she ended her sentences the same way every single time. It was like a news reporter on steroids gone bad. Oh, no. It was just like, oh, no. Oh, it was so repetitive and robotic. <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. And I, I and hated it because I was on. so excited about that podcast. But here we go. Once again. And now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's yes. correct. That that is that is the way. I feel like that's what I would want from like a meditation app. Or yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like you're now breathing in. And yes. Breathe out. It's not supposed Wait, to like draw you. You'd be in. good you at that, Austin. Listen. Thank you. <laughs> cool. All right, Easton, you want to go into what is good and bad storytelling? Also yeah. bad storytelling. Yeah. I'm out of coffee. This is a horrible, <laughs> yeah. horrible thing. I still bad. have some, but it's cold. Oh, thank you. No. <laughs> so looking at storytelling, obviously I don't wanna go in saying one thing is bad, one thing is good. It's all mm-hmm. it's all subjective. Oh, but yeah. I think there are a few things that are, for the most part, objective in, in storytelling. Yeah. So I was like, I was started with a question. I was like, what what makes a story good or bad? And so I started with like listing out things, li- listing out bad stories. Sometimes, <laughs> um, not to like name anything in particular, but like one thing is, um, a lot of times like elementary school pageant plays Mm. and middle school musicals which sometimes are incredible but a lot of the time they're in the middle of nowhere places with people that don't necessarily know how to run them well and the Mm -hmm. kids may have so much talent but it's just bad quality yeah and that's i think what makes one one aspect of bad storytelling is quality like you want to see a polished product. You don't want to see typos. You you don't yeah. want to have um, narrators in the audiobook that grate your your soul with their voice. You know, mm-hmm. you want quality. So that's like one aspect of it. Um, another aspect. Sorry, Hallmark, but Hallmark no. movies. <laughs> I, some people love them because of yeah. the nostalgia that they feel <clears throat> or the emotions, whatever. Um, but I can't stand them because they're predictable. And I think one aspect of a good story is unpredictability. 
No, go ahead. No, the, he's looking at me, but I I watch them because they are predictable, and I'll turn them on if I want something for just like okay. just just for pure like you know yeah just to have something that I know <laughs> yeah like I and know this is gonna happen. Subjective. It's all yes. subjective. Like I for some people, that predictability is a comfort. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And so I feel like it's um uh depends on the person, but for me, mm-hmm. like predictability is really important, and or a lack of predictability. And sometimes you do want like. The hero saves the day, gets the girl, whatever. Great. Yeah. That's Great. awesome. Um, love that. But At Marvel. there has to be a sense of urgency of, of are they really going to win? Because mm-hmm. um, if you know the ending from the beginning, why pick up the book or the, the true. show or the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another aspect. So bad quality, predictability. Um, <laughs> I was scrolling through Netflix. I was deep in the throes <laughs> of Netflix. Oh, no. Like, I was getting... Titles I've never seen or heard of that were years and years old English with dubbed. like zero stars, like crazy. Yeah. And I won't name the real title. I'm gonna come up with a fake title for this because I don't want to throw the creators under the bus. But it Do was the like reverse. the littlest turnip. Okay. And it was this kids animated movie, and I was like, this, this kind of looks cute. I'll see what this is about. So I click on it, and like 30 seconds in, I'm just distraught because it is some of the worst voice acting the worst animate like it looks like it was animated in like the late 90s when we were first getting computers (laughs) and but it was like five years ago and i was like okay okay what's happening it it just didn't have much money and it was just like but also as i kept watching i was like this is a horrible story it's (laughs) it's not worth telling (laughs) because one it had been told so many times Two, it was predictable where they were going and it was bad quality and so like i hate to say that some stories aren't worth telling mm-hmm. but so, again subjective but sometimes yeah. stories are they've been told a million times or this exact message has mm-hmm. been beaten over the head culturally to this generation of people yeah. and not yeah. that the story is any less important but sometimes cultures need cer- certain stories and sometimes yeah. they don't yeah um if you're gonna and, repeat something you have to add something new to it you correct. have to put yeah. something that hasn't been done. And um, yes. to, to touch on that point, there's the newest stop animation claymation Pinocchio that's on Netflix yeah. right now. Yeah. It's totally different. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Than that's what I've heard. I haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen it yet, but what I know about it is it's totally different from any Pinocchio that we know. And a lot of people are seeing it and watching the whole thing, but they're fighting it the whole time because they're like mm. this isn't what i know this isn't what i'm used to but then by the end they're like this was amazing and it's so <laughs> yeah. interesting to me when people like with disney remakes when they're like oh they changed this it makes me so mad that's actually like the one thing that i like about the remix is i'm like oh they changed it up mm. but everyone's like this is not the exact story that i know which yeah. is so interesting well, like why would you want that who knows that's another aspect of it too of like mm. are you reimagining or are you reproducing yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes reproductions just aren't good happens or worth it um there's not a i yeah i wrote in my notes there's not a new take like if you're Mm going to tell a story that's been told give us a new take give us something different um so flipping all of that on its head good storytelling for me is high quality it's like a polished product they know how to tell the story well um it's unpredictable and because it's unpredictable it's engaging i'm wanting to know what's what's gonna happen you and I are very similar on that because, like, yeah. when it comes to uh, a movie, she can attest. I'm sitting there all the time watching any film, and I'm like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. Like, and I always usually get it right. But if something yeah. throws me off. Scream. 
Scream, yeah. Scream did. Like, if something turns me off, I'm like, wait. Mm. I can That's why I love Night Shyamalan. Like, yes. I yes. adore, like, his, um, was it Old? Is that the oh, name I of the movie that came out? I adore Old. You will love Old if you I'm so excited. like to not know what's happening. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> a lot of people said the movie was poo-poo. Uh, compared well, to his previous I ones, on but them. I <laughs> loved it. You what? I, did too. I said I poo poo on them. <laughs> poo uh, yeah. on you. I poo poo on you. <laughs> but yeah, to I guess wrap up my thoughts, like uh, stories that are worth telling have those things, but also they have some sort of message. They have mm-hmm. some sort of call to action. They have some mm-hmm. emotional high. So they they carry your emotions through because emotions are so so much a part of storytelling. Like we want to feel things when we like mm-hmm. Isabel. You were just saying like that's you you want to read books that you feel things for the yeah. characters or for the situations. And so like yeah. stories that give us emotional highs and lows and have some sort of message and, and a call to action because I think mm-hmm. stories are sometimes all you want is just to feel and that's yeah. great. But then sometimes stories can slash should be used to fire people up about something mm-hmm. um, totally stories serve a bunch of different purposes culturally to entertain yeah. to <clears throat> inform to educate to inspire there's so many yeah. different it's like i'm writing an essay in english lit class like what is your what's in the, conclusion what, like, what's the purpose of your essay <laughs> to inspire to inform to educate like whatever yes. you know those things in, um, i was taught in middle school you should always have your last paragraph as either in conclusion or to conclude i, I think everybody was <laughs> and at I some, to, conclude, to conclude sorry chat gpt tell me a better way to close out my conclusion right. <laughs> i watched a video yeah. of someone who got ai to recommend him books and he was like obsessed with the books that he that was chosen really for. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I just I'm very passionate about stories in general just because I think it inspires empathy in people and that it it helps us to understand other people's lives and it also just helps us understand our own thoughts on the world, mm-hmm. you know, whether we agree with a story or not. And form them. Like yeah. if if it's not something we agree with, we at least form an yeah. opinion at that point. Exactly. But I just I'm never worried that stories are going to disappear because we have to have them. Like mm-hmm. they're they're mm-hmm. a necessity. Yeah. I saw a t-shirt the other day that said before you I'm going to say it wrong, but it's the general idea. It says, before you form, inform. Mm. Like, mm. before you form an opinion, become informed. And I was like, hmm. Oh, like, be informed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be informed. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say that's maybe no, not. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say anything before you know. <laughs> yes. I do that a lot. I'll just, just throw out words. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll just, like, yeah. try something. <laughs> be like, like, is this like, right? <laughs> but I love it. I'm like, that's really, like, that's really bold. I've had, an, like I've had an apostrophe. But also Speaking not. of bold... Yeah. Oh, so the good. Blend. Good. Segue. That was a wonderful segue. Good I'm segue, proud of sir. That. Well done. Uh, <laughs> and the blue bottle aboard goes to. <laughs> so, you immediately, Austin, said, "Okay, wait. This coffee. Tell me what you're thinking about this coffee." It's so good. Um, yeah. I love. I love the subtle note. Uh, remind me of the notes that are on the bag because I was trying yeah, to it's remember. Dark chocolate, hazelnut, and marshmallow. Okay, I got the hazelnut. Which definitely I came got- through. Mm-hmm. I got the milkiness from the marshmallow, which is weird yeah. because marshmallow isn't necessarily milk, but I loved it. It's it's sweet but deep, and I know yeah. that doesn't make any sense, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've had a lot of uh, dark roasts mm-hmm. on, on the podcast so far, and this was a semi, semi-medium, and it was oh, so good. I love a medium yeah. roast anyways. I but, loved it. I prefer I, – I tend to – I can enjoy, like, a fruity coffee, mm-hmm. but yeah. I prefer, like – things like this yes it's so good it was it was really great i I definitely felt the marshmallow i didn't get as much hazelnut um but i got like i don't know it was like fluffy 
I could feel, I could taste fluff. <laughs> sweet fluff. It reminds sweet, me of dark chocolate fluff. in general because it was like yeah. the bitterness of coffee, but sweet as well, mm -hmm. which is why I mm -hmm. love dark chocolate. I'm usually one, like for a long time with K-Pods, uh, she got me an advent calendar that had a, a different K-Pod every day. Yes, me too. And it was wonderful, but I found that I didn't enjoy the syrupiness of some flavorings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this, this, I don't like that. I don't know yeah. why. I love notes. <laughs> you would. It yeah. tastes, it just tastes super artificial. Yes. Yeah. I hated it. Which is, exa I mean, it's chemicals powdered, you know? But <laughs> that's why we do the beans that we do. Yes. And on the note, let us wrap up this episode because we love to talk and we could talk for hours. Uh, <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do a live. But yeah, if you have any coffee recs or if you have a, if you're a roaster, let us know. Reach out. We'll send you our, our little media kit and we let's can come, chat. Let's become brewskis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's become brewskis. That's fine. Yeah. I like that. Uh, to um, remind anybody of our first two blends and our affiliation with them, if you want 10% off their coffee, they are, remind me who they are. <laughs> Carver Coffee slash Correct. Carver Trading Company. They offer teas now, so they're branding Ooh. themselves more as Carver, Carver Trading Company. But you okay. can still go to carvercoffee.com. It's the same mm -hmm. uh, URL. Cool. And our affiliate is The Artist's Blend. That's T-H-E-A-R-T-I-S-T-S-B-L-E-N-D. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost a song. And we'll put almost. the uh, <laughs> link in the show notes, too, and you'll get 10% yeah. off. Which is great, and great. It's, it's inexpensive too for the it is. for the quality, especially for the quality. It I used look. I used up the last of the beans that I had yeah. from it, and it was R.I.P. Just such I know R.I.P. <laughs> Maybe again, <laughs> who knows? They got other yeah. blends. We'll find them. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave us some reviews wherever you find us, and however you can. Um, because we want to know what we're doing. We want to know what you guys like and whether yeah. we're doing good. And speaking of good, just always remember to be good beans and drink good beans. Couldn't have said it better myself. And don't follow Isabel Marie on yeah. TikTok. Is reads a lot. I Z R E A D S A L O T. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's Infamous Adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.